Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, 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 everybody. You are listening to the American Tennis Podcast here on the Believe Sports Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network. Thanks so much for joining me. I am your host, Justin Thompson. Glad to have you back. Unfortunately, Houston didn't go as we would have hoped. Um, Tiger must have used up all the American sports luck that weekend with the incredible run at the Masters. Um, I know a lot of tennis fans also love golf. If you're a golf fan, by the way, you can check out some of the golf shows we have on the Believe Network. There's a golf pod, and then if you're a Tiger fan, there's one show that just follows Tiger. So if you like Tiger, now is obviously as good a time as any to uh, listen to that show. Anyways, back to tennis. The age-old question, do you like good news or bad news first? I know most people like to take the bad news first so you end on a high note. I personally like to start with some good news, so I'm at least happy. So before we get into Houston, let's take a look at that WTA event in South Carolina we talked about. Like we discussed, um, Keys did end up advancing to the final with Wozniacki, and Keys played incredible. She actually won the tournament, which was her first final win in a year and a half. Really great for her. Awesome showing as the number eight seed. She pulled it out 7-6-6-3 over Wozniacki. It was an hour and 45-minute match. Just incredible. That's Key's first title on clay, and she played really well. She was just using that huge forehand, coming forward to the net, just really dominated the match. Obviously, Wozniacki a little more of a counterpuncher, and Key's just really took it to her. So wanted to start the podcast with a quick congratulations to her. She's obviously one of the America's bright spots for the next generation, really a lot of expectations and hope put in her on the women's side. So we'll get into the Houston now, not as fun to talk about, but I think it's important and we'll just look at it really quick before we get on to the next thing. We're going to talk some college tennis and then we're going to finish with one of the most historic tournaments in California, the Ojai tournament. I'm sure most of you who have been around tennis for a while have been to the event, played in the event. It's just a historic event going on its 119th year this year which is just incredible but anyway starting out in houston we'll start at the top of the draw because it really just sets the tone you know steve johnson defending champ one seed gets a bye the first round in the second round he plays a qualifier out of columbia daniel galen and he beats steve in straight sets six three six three obviously not the showing steve was hoping for the ranking will probably take a little bit of a fall because that final that he won here last year is now going to fall off and be replaced with a much lesser performance. Before we go any further, I should preface, in tennis, in any sport really, but in tennis especially, there's no such thing as an easy match. If you don't show up, if you don't play your best, anybody can beat anybody. If you're on the pro tour, you're so incredibly skilled, especially at this level where anyone can beat anybody on any given day. So when we talk about these draws and who you would expect to beat, that's just assuming everybody is playing their best tennis, assuming everybody's not dealing with injury, which Obviously, everybody's always a little bruised up. No one plays their best tennis every day. So anything can happen. That's why we play the sport, and it's not just whoever's ranked higher automatically advances. So we'll keep going down the draw. Bradley Klon, he had a good showing. He played a Colombian uh, qualifier, Santiago, Geraldo. Um, same thing, loss in straight sets, first round, 6-4, 6-4. Klon played well, a good match, just Geraldo pulled it out. Opelka, Riley actually did well. He was the four seed. He got a first round bye, and then he really gave Casper Rudd all he could handle. Casper ended up going to the finals, and it was a great match. 4-6, 6-4, 6-4. Rudd just had a little more in the end, pulled it out, but not a bad showing by the young American to go three sets with someone who ended up advancing to the finals and um, actually played a really good tournament, barely lost in the final. So 
good showing for Riley. Obviously, he would have liked to have gotten a little farther in the tournament, but all things considered, for who he played and when he played him, not a bad showing. And this was the match we talked about, Tomic and Kudla. This one excited me just because the uh, Tomic is always fun to watch. All those young Australians, really, Kyrgios, Tomic, all those guys are just fun and fiery, have a lot of energy. Tomic pulled it out 7-6, 10-8 in the first set breaker, and then 7-5 in the second set. So that match lived up to the uh, to the hype we hoped that it would. Obviously, Kudla, the American, on the run, wrong end of that, but fun one nonetheless. Tomic lost next round to Marcel Grenolliers, 6-1, 6-2. So first match probably took a little bit out of him. Um, speaking of Grenolliers, he actually upset Taylor Fritz first round, beat him 6-2 in the third set. Unfortunate for Taylor, he'd been playing some good tennis, he had some points to defend, but that's the way it goes, early exit for the 5 seed. Query did well as an 8 seed, he made the semis, which was a good showing for him. He beat Fertangelo, his fellow American, 6-3, 6-4, pretty routine match. Um, He then beat Guillermo Garcia Lopez, which is actually a really tough match on clay, because Garcia Lopez is a Spaniard, really good on clay, Query won that one, 6-4, 6-3. Great match from him. And then Tipsarevic, the Serbian, he played him in the round of 16, beat him 7-6-7-6. So two breakers, really, really a tight match there. And then finally, Query's run came to an end against Christian Guerin, the young Chilean who ended up winning the tournament. Congratulations to him. He really played very well, and, you know, here in the title. Beat Query 7-6-6-2. That pretty much ended the Americans' run. You have a few other players who played it, but Mackie McDonald, the sixth seed, he lost first round. Ryan Harrison, he won a round, which is good. He's from the Texas area. He beat Karlovich, the big-serving 40-year-old, and then... Lost next round after that, unfortunately, to the uh, Swiss, Henry Lockinson. So, needless to say, not the result we were hoping for from the Americans. Unfortunately, the Bryan brothers, same thing, didn't go as far as we had hoped. They made the semis, but they couldn't get it done either. So, not a great tournament for the Americans, there's no denying that. But, you know, they'll rebound from it. There's tournaments coming up. Fritz, I already saw, has entered in another tournament this weekend, so... We'll make sure to recap how that one goes on the next podcast. But for now, let's switch over to some college tennis because it is that time of the year. Conference tournaments coming up, which is always exciting. And then the NCAA tournament right after that, as if we weren't had enough with the March Madness, the college basketball. Now we get to do college tennis, which is awesome. So I'm located Orange County in L.A. So the closest conference, I guess, that entails that is the Big West. So we'll start with that. That tournament's coming up in a couple weekends, actually. Hoping to line up a guest for you from the Big West Conference on the next podcast just to get a preview of what that tournament's going to look like, who's going to win that. Tennis is the same as basketball. If you win that conference tournament, then you get an automatic entry into the national championship um, competition, which is cool. So anyways, um, you have UCI, you have UC Santa Barbara, you have Cal Poly, UC Davis, Hawaii, UC Riverside, and it should be good. It's, It's competitive. UCI has played well. UCSB has played well. Cal Poly... All good teams. It should be a lot of fun. That tournament takes place at Indian Wells, actually, the same one where BMP Paribas is held. So if you're in the area, that's a fun one to make it out to, not too far. Like I said, that's a couple weekends away. We'll talk about that one a little bit more as we get closer to the event. For now, though, I want to switch to my favorite tournament I think that I've been a part of, or at least it's up there. While we're talking about college, the Pac-12, obviously USC, UCLA, the powerhouses, those matches play at Ojai. So the Ojai is one of 
California's biggest tournaments. Like I said, it's the 119th annual event. I mean, it's just insane. It's been around forever. And the cool part about this event is it literally, you play the juniors there. So I think starting in the 14s, maybe the 12s. So 14s, 16s, 18s, all the junior events are playing. Then you have a men's open event, which is a money tournament. So you actually get some good players who enter that tournament, which is cool. Then you have the Pac-12 championships going on. And then you have other colleges, D3 plays there. So it's really cool. There's just It's such a great tennis community. I think the first year I played was in the 14s as a junior. And to give you an idea for how this town operates, I literally played my first round match in the 14s in a community, like somebody's house who had a tennis court in their backyard. That's how many matches they have going on. That's how much people love tennis, that they give up their tennis courts for the tournament to be played there. The Pac-12 obviously plays at the historic Libby Park in downtown Ojai which is awesome. The energy is just incredible down there. Everything is so close, similar feel to the Indian Wells where you're just right there in all of the action and it's super fun. As for the level of tennis itself, it should be incredible. If you do make it down, I have to say, please focus in on that Pac-12 conference tournament down there. It's been so exciting the last couple of years. Um, last year, UCLA beat USC pretty easily in the final 4-1, but the year before that, USC beat UCLA in a 4-3 thriller. Can't really get any tighter than that um, after UCLA won it last year. They were ecstatic. Billy Martin, the coach, talked about how special it felt because they wanted to really erase that memory from the year before, and the only way they could do that was by winning. So that is really something to focus in on if you do make it down to the event. USC and UCLA, the two top teams in the Pac-12, could potentially be the one and two seed again, setting up a finals clash for the third year in a row which would just be so exciting. You know, everyone thinks the USC-UCLA rivalry, football, basketball, big sports, but the tennis rivalry is incredible as well. I know some of the players on that team, the USC head coach actually works at the academy that I work at, and um, let me just tell you, that that rivalry is real and will make for some incredible tennis if you're able to make it out to Ojai. But back to the city itself. They have beautiful hotels down there, Ojai Valley Inn, great hotel, and then they have plenty of other lodging in the city, and then you can stay in Ventura, which is just a little bit out of Ojai. Um, but yeah, it's just a great event. I would really, really recommend getting out there to watch it. If you're in the area and can make it, that's one to definitely make it for. The tennis is great. The city itself just has so much charm about it. It really is a great city, a fun one to watch tennis in. If any of you are movie buffs, that movie Easy A was shot there with Emma Stone. I think the only reason I remember that is because I think she was my first celebrity crush, but Anyways, um, yeah, so it's a great city. There's that iconic ice cream shop there that was in the movie. If you make it to Ojai Pizza, get a pizza dilla. But yeah, just a community that's really rooted in tennis. And it's just a, it's an event really unlike any other. And there's plenty of tennis to be going on, like I said, from the juniors to the independent division to community college. And then obviously the Pac-12 championship, which is the big draw. That'll be going on April 24th through the 28th, I believe the same weekend as the Big West, actually. So a lot of big stuff coming up in college, which is fun. We'll definitely be highlighting all of that, um, bringing on some players, hopefully some coaches for you as guests as well to talk about everything and give their input on what college tennis has meant to them and talk about some of the other stuff in American tennis that we discuss here on the podcast. So yeah, if you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. We're on all your favorite streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, follow me on social media for all the latest stuff about the podcast. On Twitter, I'm at just Tomp, T-H-O-M-P, 11. And on Instagram, I'm at 
justin.thompson111. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Really look forward to talking to you again next week. Let's make it an awesome one. Have a great Easter weekend. I'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.